I think owners also appreciate that. If you go to the next job and say, I know this is what you want to do, but we've been down that road and it didn't work and this is why. Yeah. And it was it was a mistake. It didn't go well. You know, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but it didn't execute mm-hmm. like we pictured it. Right. They appreciate that. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. This is a special episode that we recorded live from the Advancing Prefabrication 2023 show. It was awesome to be with the innovators and change makers throughout the prefab and modular world. There's a ton of energy and momentum in the movement. Enjoy hearing the insights and trends around productization, data, communication, and so much more. Now, on to the interview. We are coming live again from Advancing Prefab 2023 and excited to be joined by Sam Hamilton. So Sam, thanks for taking the time and, and talking with us. And can you start by giving Kenny a little history of your background and, and why you're at uh, Advancing Prefab? Yeah, thanks for having me, Todd. Uh, my name's Sam Hamilton. I'm with Encore Electric. We're an electrical contractor out of Denver, Colorado. We have multiple locations, but that's where we're headquartered. I am the director of prefabrication and virtual design and construction uh, there at our shop. And we have about uh, 70 people total. We've got about 45 craftsmen in the shop, 13 VDC operators, and then the supervision as well. I've been there for 12 years. Awesome. Nice. So before we really get in heavy to to prefab, uh, let's talk a a bit about communication and how, (laughs) (laughs) how the industry maybe a gut check of where the industry is on communication and then uh, w- what we can do better because we're not great at it. <laughs> How heavily is the, the language monitored on this podcast? <laughs> I'm not sure where you want to start. Uh, we're not an explicit show. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you, you just uh, gave the, the state of the <laughs> state of that's communication. That's my answer. <laughs> that's, that's my final Perfect. answer. So what are some... Uh, what are some baby steps? Actually, before we get into baby steps on communication, why should we even talk about having better communication? At the end of the day, why should companies really care about communicating better? I think it's everything. It doesn't matter who you work for or what you do. It's life. You should have it with your company, with your department, with your team, with your kids, with your spouse, with your coworkers, mm-hmm. with Everyone, and I think it's become more important than it's ever been because it's becoming a lost art of mm-hmm. just being able to communicate with one another. And, and often I find it's the easiest way to eliminate a lot of problems mm-hmm. is just putting it out there and having the conversation. Yeah, I think one of the, the biggest hurdles from my vantage point is, is people just don't take the time to actually sit down because it's they think it's going to take a lot of work, but really it, it takes way more work if you don't just sit down for 30 seconds and right. say, what did you actually mean by this of what you just said? Yeah. Uh, and what you use this term, but in context, it seems like that's not really what you're talking about or I don't yeah. understand what you just said. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that the hesitancy is to just own that you didn't know it? Fear. And uh, I'm not sure how familiar with construction you are. There's a lot of pride and egos. Sure. And uh, with those, yeah. yeah. 
become lack of accountability. Yeah. And that's where a lot of it comes in, I think. No no one likes to feel stupid no matter what industry you're in, right? And right. if I don't know and I don't ever show you that I don't know, then you can't can assume I'm dumb, mm-hmm. right? I'm probably the opposite and the, to the extreme where I'm like, I have no idea what the shit is, but give me a minute I do. I know someone that does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd rather go find the answer and admit that I have no clue what's going on than to what is the scene like it's better to keep your mouth closed and, yeah well, i can't remember what it was them, and instead of opening your mouth and assume that you're yeah yeah don't remove all doubt yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> however that goes <laughs> yeah i'm the open my mouth and remove all doubt like i would just <laughs> rather show you my cards and let you know where i'm at with something i think people appreciate that more nowadays to just yeah. be honest right yeah, for sure just say it don't give me a line of bullshit and then not be able to deliver, yeah. which we run into frequently in construction. So. I think it's funny in construction, too, that people try to uh, hide the fact that they don't know something because <laughs> right. it's very clear once you actually start doing something that you didn't know what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So now you're wasting all this time that you could have eliminated by just saying, hey, what did you actually mean by this? How do I actually do this? I've yeah. never done it before. Can you show me and teach yeah. me? And everybody in construction, for the most part, I shouldn't say everybody, for the most part, people are are more than willing to come alongside if you have that humility and say, hey, I don't know it. And they go, oh, okay, sure, let me teach you. Absolutely. Because they don't want to waste the time either. Go back and do the rework. Yeah. Our favorite uh, foreman and superintendents, the prefab, are the ones that are the most honest Mm -hmm. and communicate the best. And they're hilarious. You know, the the guy that sends in something and it's wrong, like, we understand that. We're all human and people make mistakes, right? Right. But the one that never comes back and says, hey, sorry, that wasn't right, that that rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. And it's the guy that emails back and says, hey, guys, sorry, I was a dumbass. I totally missed that, you know? Can you still get it out? Yeah. You know, get it sent to me on time and the the guys in the shop will bend over backwards for that guy Mm -hmm. because they appreciate that honesty, right? Right. It goes a long ways. Right. So we were chatting before on the the need to own failures as well, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why do you think that's important in in construction to say, yeah, this bombed. (laughs) It did not go according to plan, but this is what happened and, and really be open about that. If you don't own it and you do it again, aren't you a dumbass? (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you own it, yeah. then you can take that. I always say it's not a mistake if you learn from it. Yeah. If you True. do it again, you're a dumbass. Right. So if you don't own up to it and be like, man, this didn't go right, I think owners also appreciate that. If you go to the next job and say, I know this is what you want to do, but we've been down that road and it didn't work and this is why. Yeah. And it was, it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. It didn't go well. You know, mm-hmm. it seemed like a good idea at the time but it didn't execute mm-hmm. like we pictured it. Right. They appreciate that. Yeah. And too many people go in nowadays and sit down with the owners and they have this idea and you, they know it won't work. And it goes back to that, uh, okay, and they just kind of nod their head like they don't want to have that conversation. They don't want right. to have that honest conversation. Take right. that few minutes and, and walk through it and explain why it's not going to work. Yeah. They just want to nod their heads and move on. Right. Especially when it's the, the owner, I feel like they, they think that it's, if they push back, mm-hmm. they're going to be perceived as, you know, hard to work with yep. or difficult. And yep. When really the reverse is true in the long run, mm-hmm. because they're going to, the owner's going to appreciate you saying, hey, let's not even bother <laughs> yeah. with this. <laughs> right. Here's a better solution. Yeah. Now, if you just say, 
don't bother with this and you stop there. Yeah. That's not great. Right. But if you say this isn't going to work and here's why and then here's the solution around that, the owner, I think, in, for sure appreciates that in the yeah. long run. Unless I'm just like an egotistical chess beating owner and I don't want to hear anyone's opinion, which I think that would make me like the ruler of China, I, I think they it changes the perspective in the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Like now mm -hmm. I feel like you can't you have my back. Right. Like you're not just being a yes man and nodding mm -hmm. your head because right. I wanted something, right. which they get a lot. Now I feel like I've got somebody in my corner that's going to be honest with me, right. which is hard to come by. So. Right. And I think it, it shows that your work is probably going to be better as well too because mm -hmm. if you are trustworthy in the the, the little things of, of being able to push back you're gonna take attention to detail <laughs> right. on your actual job yeah. site when you're building the building too yeah. you know? uh, so in terms of a prefab here what is what's a big trend that you're kind of keeping watch on for this year the uh, evolution of the the business and the culture and how it's changing as well as the software and the platforms that no one has and they're all scrambling trying to figure out what is the what's the silver bullet yeah mm -hmm. i just listened to the funniest guy i think i told you about that earlier like he was just going on and on about all the things that go wrong and everyone has in their mind that you know you place an order you order the material you build the order you send the order out and everybody like wanders off skipping and dancing and holding hands and it just doesn't work like that in the real world so some of the real basic software um solutions that are out there will will do that basic real basic system for you but it's all the things that you know in the cow paths in between mm -hmm. that are the problems that we face every day and there's not a solution out there unless you develop it yourself and everyone seems i was in a room of probably 60 people and we were all rowing the same boat so, including the guy and his system that he, he even he wasn't fond of that he was using. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll share it with you, but don't use it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> We're just all learning. Yeah. We're all learning so much as we go and all the different caveats of our, our world that we live in and that ecosystem and how difficult it is. It's just not cut and dried. Mm -hmm. What do you think the, the biggest... Uh, friction area is in, in that learning curve of, of trying to figure out new new processes and, and really help push the, the bar forward? It's technology, a lot of it. You know, it's changing. There's a lot of half-baked ideas out there, I think, that just aren't where they need to be without mm -hmm. um, being a complete package that will get you where you're going. And there's a lot of... <laughs> lot of sales guys out there that they'll sell you the moon right right i mean are you if you live well, it's in it's always good to work on the sales yeah, side yeah if you yeah. live in alaska <laughs> are you interested in ice cubes you know it's kind of that mentality and um so it's if you and you don't know what you don't know so if you're going down that road there's so many unknowns and so it's really easy to get caught up in something that is shiny mm -hmm. so understanding what you you, your company, your team, your craftsmen, and what your process really is, and truly understanding not only what you want, what's gonna be that solution for you, but also thinking long game. Um, don't get caught up in what you need today, but where do you want it to be able to go and grow with you five to 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. So how do you personally kind of avoid the, the shiny object syndrome? Uh, I have a, uh, what do they call it? It's a bullshit meter. 
<laughs> and uh, I just crank it up about as high as it'll go. And yeah. yeah. So I've been in this industry since I was 17. Uh, come taught the software, did design. I've seen it change. I, I live in the process. I work in the shop. I, I have a pretty good, well-rounded view of all of it. Mm -hmm. So I like to think I'm pretty decent at sniffing out the the BS. Yeah. Yeah. What's been the the biggest change over that that time period in terms of <laughs> construction and in, now really bringing in prefab <laughs> and modular? <laughs> the biggest change. You know, the, the all of it, I guess, you know, it used to be CAD. I always say it's not your dad's CAD anymore. Um, and then now prefab's really starting to gain some traction. The technology that's driving all of it, 10, 15 years ago, probably 15 years ago, if somebody had said, I want to make a living drawing in CAD, mm -hmm. someone would have been more apt to tell them, you'll never make a career doing that. Mm -hmm. If this is construction, we build and the tables have turned. Like those teams that have grown, most places have, you know, maybe a couple of people have small shop. Like that is going, that's, we're moving in the direction where it's completely done on 180 and that's the driving force now. Mm -hmm. The, we don't have craftsmen like we did. We don't have the labor force or the talent. And we're having to find other ways to try to get the job done mm -hmm. with a shorter schedule, with, a smaller budget, right? With a material shortage, with ridiculous lead times, yeah. Just all the things. Hence the right? rise so, of prefab coming in yeah, more and more. Yeah, and that's I think where the importance comes in, and why there's so many people here today. Calling all innovators! In just a few weeks, you can attend a free online training event that could change your work life. BIMUP is for innovative construction professionals like you offering over 200 classes from May 23rd through the 25th that cover BIM best practices, Revit, AutoCAD, and lots of other topics that can help improve the way you work. I think you'll get a ton of value by attending. To sign up, simply go to asti.com slash BIMUP. Hope to see you there. And yeah. this week, yeah. yeah. Realizing you, that, right? Do you think that the the next 15 years is going to have as as equally exponential growth and change in the industry or less, even more? Where do you think? Even more. I mean, you look at things like VDC, it's just continuously kind of developed itself over time as people started to understand it, realize the value, and it's kind of gotten a foothold. I think prefab is going to turn into a big, hairy monster. <laughs> I, I think it's just going to, it's not where design and coordination was an option you know because it was a requirement at least in our world in the MEP side it was something that was required and then it people started to see the value and I think prefab we're just we're gonna get thrown into the fire mm -hmm. it's it you're gonna do it or you're gonna die yeah. you know like it's it's gonna be almost impossible to survive without it right we just in the times we live in with the challenges that we face, we're not going to be able to keep building like we are. It's not going to be something you're doing just to check the box. It's going to be what you're doing to to stay alive mm -hmm. and continue to be a 
prosperous company in yeah. the black. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's important. Yeah. So. Uh, so you mentioned you came into the industry at, at 17. Yes, what, sir. What brought you in at, at 17? Well, I grew up in a little bitty town. I had a graduating class of 45, uh -huh. and this was in 97. That tells you how old I am. And tiny little town, 45 kids in my class. Back then, computers weren't everywhere like they are today. And there was one classroom, they had 10 great big laptop or computers like the size of this table set up. And that was the computer lab. And those yeah. are the only computers in the whole entire school. And a community college came in and offered community uh, college credits. If you took this um, little class they were offering and it was called AutoCAD. Mm -hmm. And I have always been really creative and like to draw and kind of artistic. And I, was, I signed up for it, got chosen, started using it, and ended up going to school for architecture and refer to myself as a recovering architect now. Okay. Didn't take so. me long to realize that was not my jam. <laughs> I don't want to walk around in a black suit for the rest of my life, so. Yeah, so you started yeah. on the design side and then came over. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Yeah. What, uh, that's been a super common theme mm -hmm. today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really interesting because you don't think of, at least I don't think of a lot of architects in the, the prefab mm -hmm. side of things, but mm -hmm. you guys are, you guys are out there more. Yeah. You, guys, <laughs> you keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah. So I said recovering architect. I got into an argument with the college not too long ago about their program and they were really adamant on um, all of their students that graduated with an architecture degree grew up to be super successful architects. And I I was like, for how long? Like all the most not all, most of the coordinators in the MEP side, a lot of them come from an architectural background because that's really all that's out there. There's yeah. not a lot of colleges that teach MEP. Right. And they argued with me that that's just all, anyone that's ever graduated, that's all they've ever done. I said, well, why don't you go back three years later and ask them where they are? Right. Like, it changes, right? Like, sure. And they find different career paths, and there's so many things you can do when mm -hmm. you start down that road. And now I've got detailers and coordinators and shop and guys in the shop that want to draw and guys that are drawing in the shop that want to go build shit and it yeah. just integrates together really well so yeah. i think that's one of the cool things about the construction industry is there's so many different career paths mm -hmm. and it's not really a path it's like a, a you know hydra monster <laughs> <that> circles <laughs> yeah. that people come back around yeah. and boomerang of mm -hmm. where their career paths is but those yeah. options is is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, how do we bring in more people that maybe have a, a, a bad perception of construction or just have never thought of construction for whatever reason? How do we bring those people into the industry? You have to appeal to them, right? It's a different generation that we're recruiting from. And I think a lot of us grew up where you just put your head down and do the work, mm -hmm. you know, and, and don't care about anything else. Push the broom. Yeah. And it's not that way anymore. Encore Electric created a training trailer. It's like a 16-foot enclosed um, bumper pull. We pull behind one of our company trucks. Okay. And we take it to trade schools, tech schools, high schools. Inside, there's different um, stations. Mm -hmm. So there's like a light, a fan, another light, like some other things. And it's a escape room. 
so there's a timer in there. So they come in nice. on one end of it, like yeah. the big double doors, and then they close, and then the timer comes on. And everything's pre-wired and laid out in front of each station as you walk around through it. And they have to plug everything in exactly like it works uh -huh. to get it to come on. And there's even a laptop in there that you, it has a 3D model of the trailer, and you have to walk around in the trailer and go through the cabinets to find like this hidden Easter egg thing that's in there and if you can do that. So it's a little bit of a 3D interactive, virtual design, hands-on, electrical, uh -huh. plugs, lights. Yeah, very cool. It really gets that's them engaged yeah. in what's going on and they either are like, I hate this shit or this is really <laughs> cool, you know, like yeah. tell me more. Yeah, and so It's become so busy we had to hire someone full-time, especially during the... Um, school year mm -hmm. it's it's on the road five days a week that's really cool yeah nonstop. the schools everywhere want it so that they can um get kids engaged and you can get them you know kind of train i think people are starting maybe to realize maybe uh, for your college isn't for everyone mm -hmm. and man if you're an electrician my son now is he works for the company and he's a Second year apprentice working in Montana, making great money. Encore pays for all of their school for their first four years. They graduate, um, they get their journeyman's license, they go straight to $32 an hour, they have zero debt, and they've been able to work the entire time they were in school. Like, he, yeah. that kid is set. Right. I'm like, God, I wish it's I knew what you knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's amazing. And the program, the apprenticeship program we have is really good. So, once you get those kids engaged and it's they can kind of see what's going on and it, it's interesting mm -hmm. if they can do the work and show up mm -hmm. it's amazing what they can do yeah at encore yeah i think that's a, a huge pillar for it for sure to, to just get exposure to it because mm -hmm. so many i know shop class was not a thing at my high school at all so it was there was no unless you had a family member that was in construction mm -hmm. you probably didn't get exposed to it, maybe outside of architecture right and that's where the career path would would go um, but there, there's there's so many cool things and I think it really uh, construction appeals to a huge percentage yeah. of people that just don't get the opportunity to, mm -hmm. to know what's happening and, um, how, how do you go about changing the societal uh, kind of view of construction because that's another big kind of pillar uh, hurdle uh, <laughs> in, in bringing people in to the industry yeah it's uh, it's all about money. At the end of the day, it's yeah. all show me the money. Money. I work with a couple of local tech schools uh, really closely to help them keep their programs up to date, and we do a lot of recruiting and, and all the things, right? But um, one of them said they tried to have like uh, career, what do you call them, career days or like a career fair. Kind yeah, of deal? thank you. Um, <laughs> one of those things <laughs> yeah. they would have those and they'd have them during the day and what they saw were kids would go around the kid would get really excited about something see it try it oh my gosh this is awesome and then they'd go home and they'd tell their parents mm -hmm. and their parents would be like hell no right. you're not going into construction so right. they started changing the times of when they offer the career fair so that the parents could come with them so that they could tackle the parents while they're there and then if you're lucky enough to work for a company like Encore, you can have that conversation. Okay, let's look at the cost side of things. Right. My kid is going to be further along than yours is in four years, I promise. And it won't, it won't cost me a dime. Right. And he will have made money for the last four years working a full-time job. Right. With zero debt. 
Yeah, those stats are staggering when you see if you <laughs> it see, all laid and, out. And I have a layout, like I could show you. And when you look at that on paper, it's like, oh my God. Okay, Jimmy, you're going into construction. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're stupid not to go into construction. <laughs> like, oh my God. And the, you know, especially on the electrical side, that's not going anywhere. As technology mm -hmm. becomes bigger and electric, I mean, there's electrical cars, there's smart cities, the, the, all the technology, the list goes on and on. You know, it's not going anywhere. It's yeah. not swinging a hammer. You're not dragging your, you know, knuckles on the ground. Like our electricians, they're also the biggest prima donnas. Don't tell them I said that, but hopefully none of them listen to this. Um, Just our secret. But they're, um, yeah. But they're, they're also the, the smartest. And don't let yeah. anybody else hear that part either. Um, they're, they're very intelligent. You know, what they're dealing with is really yeah, dangerous. Yeah. So they're not, like I said, knuckle-dragging buffoons right. swinging a hammer anymore. Like, they're very, very smart individuals with a really, really good career path out ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always amazed at just the, the creativeness, too, mm -hmm. that so many people in, in construction have. Because, I mean, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you're solving problems every single day. That's, yep. That's what you do. If you, you're not good at solving problems, you're probably not going to Probably not last the right, not in the right for very industry, long. yeah. You're the so. guy changing the porta potties out on the job site. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not a glamorous job. <laughs> Even that can be challenging. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you see as the, the next step in uh, industrializing the construction industry? I think Amy talks about it. It's a lot of the productization. We are currently working on uh, creating common assemblies because that's the problem is we just create different things all the time and we're, we're always gonna have a need for that, but really getting consistent with our products, mm -hmm. what we're providing, what we're holding in inventory, uh, creating a catalog that has true part numbers to each build, whether it's wall rough or just something as simple as a bend or a centipede or whatever that is, mm -hmm. really keeping it consistent from pre-con, estimating, BDC, modeling, um, having that manufacturing mindset, what type it is, is it a fast moving product, is it a custom product, Is you know, and all the way to our vendors so that maybe they even have the same part number. So even if I send them one part number, um, it's comprised of six different components and mm -hmm. they know that based off that one I sent them. So they know what to put together to get for me to send back. And that stays the same through the whole process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what do you, kind of timeline do you put on that really reaching kind of critical mass in the industry to have that framework? That's pretty progressive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. Ugh. I know I won it yesterday. Uh, even when I, I'm hoping to have that nailed down by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How soon it will reach the masses? <laughs> I don't know. Longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it will take longer than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. What does innovation mean to you? Mm, what? Oh. That's a tough one. I don't want to give you some canned, out-of-the-box response. Um, innovation. Just getting creative. Just, I think we get in our own way a lot of times. Mm. And nobody likes change. <laughs> we get used to doing things the same way. I think it's, it's thinking big picture. It's thinking about where you really want to go and where you, who you really want to be especially as a company or even a, a fab shop, making sure that you don't handcuff yourself to an idea or a thought 
particularly based on how you used to do something. Mm. Really being open. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ask it. the questions. I like it. Yeah. Not being uh, owned by your fear. Yeah. Just try it. You gotta, <laughs> sometimes you just got to jump off the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. For sure. Uh, so how do people find out more information on what Encore is doing or connect with you? You can find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Sam Hamilton. And, or you can always give me a call, email. My email is sam.hamilton at EncoreElectric.com. Awesome. Yeah. Reach Very out. Cool. I love to, I'm open. I'm an open book. My execs hate me. Um, <laughs> I, I love to help people if I can. I love to have really honest, productive conversations to try to help the industry out. I heard Ray Boff say this morning, when the tide rises or the tide comes up, all boats rise. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's so right. true. I, I, I'm really 100%. a big advocate of just being a good steward of the industry and helping. Why would you want to go through all the that I have over the last 10 years, you know what I mean? Like, if I can just tell you some stuff that I did that was really stupid and, and save you the trouble, I'm right. more than happy to share those stories. So, right. Yeah. I think that's a good thing about uh, events like Advancing Prefab is that the people come in really willing to share mm -hmm. the good and the bad and mm -hmm. help uh, somebody kind of come along to, yeah. to where they are because it, the, the more you, you try to hold it close to the vest, the more you're just hurting everybody. You're not, yeah. Your process isn't going to work if everyone else isn't using it. Right. Or hasn't figured it out, right? Right. It's just your process. And this whole change that, that we need, it has to happen in that critical mass mm -hmm. standpoint to, to really get to the, the next level. If not, right. everybody, even the progressive ones are kind of dragging along <laughs> boat anchor of the rest <laughs> right. of the industry, you know? Yeah. They're hung up on some seaweed somewhere, I right. think. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, last question for you. Uh, if I could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing, what would you pick to innovate? Oh my God, my brain just caught on fire. Uh, <laughs> great why? power comes great responsibility, what? okay? So <laughs> take a moment if you need to. <laughs> one thing. What would I innovate? Yeah. Or what would I just change in general? What would you innovate? That platform that end-all, be-all solution, all things prefab that anyone could pick up and help make their shop more successful that truly integrates with what we do in uh -huh. our ecosystem. So is that like one software to rule them all or uh, uh, interoperability between software and have a, a link between Interoperability. I think that probably been my answer 10 years ago. <laughs> it still sucks. <laughs> So, yeah. It's a slow-moving machine. Oh, man. Baby, baby steps on a that. Machine with, like, square wheels and one's a track. And, <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> and hopefully in the, the next 10 years. Yes. We'll have a, a circle on one of those wheels. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah right. If we could get some round wheels on them. I think they may be round only from slowly grinding down themselves and... and rounding their edges. Yeah. <laughs> hey, round is round. Okay, take yeah, the win. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it however. Awesome. Well, Sam, thanks so much for taking the time and okay. chatting with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Todd. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.